Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brant Bernard, Cassie Schrader, and we'll be right back. Hour two, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. What do you think of that? I used to jam in the car with my dad. <laughs> it's a great song. I know. It's a really good song. Welcome back, our advertisers of the Tom Bernard Podcast, Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Owner Steve Kosak and his great fleet of staff and drivers. Great to have you on board the show again. So thank you. It's always nice talking to Steve. Andre Holland is a superstar. Hollywood just hasn't caught on yet. Nonetheless, paired with one of the best casts on television, he once again proves his peerless talent in Castle Rock, Hulu's new binge-watchable series based on the works of Stephen King. And yes, I mean works, plural. This 10-episode show isn't an adaptation of any one particular King tome. And it does say King tome, but... Uh, but rather is a project that synthesizes uh, elements from many of his novels, both popular and lesser known, for an all-new supernatural mystery set in one of his favorite fictional hunting sp- oh, haunting spots. Yeah, he loves those. He's from Maine originally, right, Stephen King? I think so, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. He loves the main town of Castle Rock. What's a great name, too. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do like a haunting or whatever, Castle Rock is a, is a great name anyway. He is from Portland, Maine. Yeah, it has Portland. that kind of like Twin Peaks kind of <coughs> right, feel. Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Created by Sam Shaw and Dustin Thomason and executive producer J.J. Uh, Abrams, himself a King aficionado for, who for years tried to shepherd a long-form version of the author's dark, The Dark Tower to the screen, Castle Rock is first and foremost a showcase for Holland the 38-year-old actor who initially made a splash in Steven Soderbergh's superlative small-screen Cinemax, uh, Cinemax effort, The Nick, and followed that up with unforgettable turns in Ava DuVernay's Selma and Barry Jenkins' 2016 Best Picture winner, Moonlight. 
Here's a, here he's a mag- magnetic as Henry Deaver, a criminal defense attorney who handles death row cases in Houston to little success. After his latest failure, which ends in grim fashion, he receives a phone call from his hometown of Castle Rock, informing him that the Shawshank State Prison now houses a perplexing new inmate who's asked uh, for Deaver personally. This starts uh, July 25th, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. I think, yeah, it kicks off July 21st. Should be pretty good. I'm not usually a Stephen King fan, but in t- on TV, for some reason, I like him more. Um, I think, I don't, I know some of his stuff is kind of weird and kooky, um, but a lot of the movies, the adaptations they've done with his books have been great. It's just his books are so long. Yeah, his books are re- and way And he gets too so long. wordy, you end up losing yeah. uh, the concept of what he's trying to portray in the story. Um, I watched, oh gosh, what was that with James Franco on Hulu? Uh, where he, the Kennedy, was it called 11... 11- Twenty-two sixty-three. Oh yeah, probably. I believe that was a yeah. Stephen King uh, thing, and I thought that was actually a cool show because it incorporated time travel with the conspiracy of Kennedy and all that stuff. So I thought that was good. So I'm hoping this is kind of that has that same feel to it. I'm hoping, yeah. Uh, you know, it's really kind of sad, actually. Catherine and I were going through. All the broadcast channels, there's nothing on last night. We went through a lot of different channels, Netflix and, and Amazon and Hulu. and There's very little that's attractive on yeah, television. Yeah, I know. It's really sad. Well, and I think, too, it's also there's so much out there, and a lot of it is very similar to one another. It's like, you know, you, you have – I remember as a kid when we only had, like – 10 channels and you yeah. loved everything you watched and now you have 500 channels and you there's nothing on to watch it's just I, amazing yeah and the number one tv show last week on broadcast networks was uh, 60 minutes with seven and a half million viewers which is horrendous yeah i just think there's so many different avenues to watch stuff that people i mean dave and i just discussed after our contract we're probably gonna uh just can cable and just stay with hulu and netflix i think is it hulu they have a service where you can get all the stuff that's on cable for like 30 bucks a month really i think it's hulu or something like that or i can't remember but yeah it's basically having a streaming service kind of like cable and I don't know. I just I don't watch t- I don't watch enough TV to pay that kind of money. No, I understand that completely. I, yeah. and, you know, I've talked about this before. Between our house, our vacation home, Andy at college and Alex at college, it was costing me a thousand dollars a month. That's ridiculous. A thousand dollars a month to watch television. Yeah, I just the only thing I know we would uh, run into problem with is when the football season hits if we don't have cable. But the NFL offers um, you can get. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a subscription for NFL games, and you get all the NFL games, and I think it's like 80 bucks a year. Yeah, I think that's right. So that might be worth it just to pay the 80 bucks so we can have football because that's a must in our house. Oh, yeah, I understand that. Is he a Bears fan, though? No, he is a Vikings <clears throat> fan. He is a Vikings fan. Oh, because of college? Yeah, well, he, he uh, was a Bears fan. Uh, he didn't really get into football much when he was a kid, no. but anybody from Chicago was, you know, the Bears. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah when he came here, that's when he uh, moved here to Minnesota. He became a football fan, and Vikings have been his team since. So yeah, That's good. So you yeah. can agree on something. That's not all bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, uh, it, it's gotten so psychotically expensive now. And I understand why millennials don't watch television. Mm-hmm. I really, it's just too expensive. When I was a kid, it was free. Yeah. You know, first of all, it was free. Everybody just tuned in, and they ran a lot of commercials on broadcast television. And at first, there were three channels, and there were four channels, and then, it, you know, the 29s and 42s and 41s and all that stuff Yeah, that's along. when you had to get up to turn the channel. You had the cable box <laughs> yeah, exactly. with the slider. You could slide uh, which channel you wanted to be on. But, yeah, I... I don't know. There's just too much content. I think we're oversaturated with all this content and channels and blah. No, I think you're absolutely right. And it just gets too psychotic. The it's whole overwhelming. Thing it's overwhelming. Magoo has called. Magoo, what's happening? 
Tommy, one thing. Oh, hello, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> you you can't you can't get baseball games. Oh uh, yeah, that would I be. Mean, a, well, they have the major league, uh, the MLB network, don't they? You got to pay for it, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, the same do. thing with the NFL. You know, yeah. Yeah, you, you know that's one thing I've noticed. You you can't you get three games on ESPN now. There's uh, you can watch more soccer than <laughs> baseball. That's very true. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, you can, and you, the cable bills are just they're outrageous. You know, if it, it, it's just they're my opinion, they're killing themselves. I agree with upcharging this, upcharging that, upcharging this, and um, you know I watch Netflix on my phone, and I haven't done Hulu yet because I don't know. There's always something I haven't seen yet on Netflix when I'm out trucking. But um, yeah, you know, thing I I remember growing up, you every, every you know weekend it was baseball during the summer and stuff and. Now you got to pay for everything yeah. uh, that you used to get on TV, and the commercials—they're at one after another after another, and the networks are just killing themselves. Well, I'll tell you what, Magoo. Last night, and I can't remember what we were even watching, but it was on cable television, and uh, they went to a commercial break, and I happened to look up at the clock just to see if I should, you know, go get some, try to get something done uh, while they were in commercial. Ah, you know, I'll just hang around. It's not going to be that long. They ran a 10-minute commercial break. Mm. 10 minutes. No. Oh, yeah. It was 10 oh. minutes with all the TV, with all the station promos, all the whatever promos, and the commercials. and the, It was unbelievable. I always thought, uh, I don't know how long ago you first said that eventually uh, the networks are going to just go away. Yeah, they are. They but, uh, are. But the more and more, the longer the time is going since you've said that, I, I'm starting to see it too because, you know, if it's not for the local news, holy cripes, you know, who who needs it? Yeah, you're absolutely got better right. things to do. In the great state of Minnesota, there's so much to do in the summertime. I do think, to tell you the truth, they're going to uh, have to offer a separate channel that's just the news broadcast because some some people are just going to get rid of all their broadcast channels because there's nothing on anyway. I have the cheapest available package from uh, Comcast that still includes TV, and it does have some news. So I believe it has CNN, I maybe Fox. Yeah, but no of, local news. You, I'm oh, not Chris, sure. Andy, you got a TV? <laughs> well, yeah, but it has like 14 channels, so. Yeah, it is unusual oh, for Andy to have a TV. Your father used to say you always had a computer. That was it. You didn't even own a TV. I only really use my TV when Melissa comes over. And then we we usually just watch stuff on the PlayStation via Netflix or Hulu, though. So, I mean, really, I don't even know. I mean, I might just get rid of the TV portion because, I don't know, I don't really need it. Yeah, you haven't. You didn't even have a TV for how many years? Uh, like a, almost a decade. Almost a decade. You didn't even own a television. Nope. That's amazing. It is unbelievable. Wow. Well, there's things that, like that Swing. Uh, that's twenty five dollars a month, right. and somehow you can get things. You can get ESPN. You can get uh, AMC, History Channel, Disney Channel, all sorts of other stuff. Um, and it works by they stream the TV uh, through the internet. So basically, they stream it through the internet, and you pay to be able to watch that stream. Uh, so, I mean, there you go. That's twenty five dollars a month instead of the two hundred or whatever it costs to have all the channels on Xfinity. But there's a there's a lot of them now. PlayStation View. Hulu actually has one. There's YouTube TV, Direct TV now. Um, so, yeah. If you wow. really, there's just I don't know. I feel like there's really no reason to have a cable subscription anymore. If you want TV, you can get things like these TV streaming services for 
Forty-five dollars at most. Well, what? When when uh, Roseanne came out with her new show at the beginning before a big milk got her in trouble, I downloaded the app, ABC, uh, and I would watch her watch her show. You know, I think it came out on what Tuesday, so every Wednesday morning I'd hit the app, you know, and I was having coffee, waking up, and I'd watch her show. I mean, there's NBC, ABC, TBS, TNT. I even have the History Channel app on here for uh you know ice road truckers <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go ice road truckers that's right in your wheelhouse right but, there but pal. You, yeah but you can watch everything on your app and yeah i just you know sometimes i always say god oh, tommy you don't know what the hell you're talking about but <laughs> i remember back when you were saying that that uh yeah eventually there's gonna be no network tv it's gonna all gonna be you know, Amazon Prime, I get that because I'm a Prime member, and Netflix. Right. I, I don't need anything else. No, I understand that. I will right. tell you this, though. On AMC, just last night, I recorded something for this weekend because it'll remind me of when I was a little, little kid. The grown-ups would watch this movie. I recorded Sons of the Desert with Laurel and Hardy, and I'm going to watch it <laughs> over the weekend. Man, the, the grown-ups I remember when I was a little kid would be laughing like mad at Laurel and Hardy. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. That and the Three Stooges. Oh, yeah. Three yeah. Stooges was huge, too. You're right. All right. Yeah, Randall. and then my dad would watch uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin, so I watched that with him. Sure. Uh, you know, when I was little, but, yeah. Okay, well, thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend, and uh, uh, thanks for, for entertaining me, you know, six hours a day, Tommy. You're a good man, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Magoo calling in, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's, I, I don't know what they're going to do about that because it's a situation where I, I try to watch broadcast television. I, I always tune to, you know, the, the, the stations on, I have direct TV, but there's never anything. It, it's all mindless garbage. It's all yep. terrible. There's a lot of that. You know, a lot. The young people like to watch the competition shows, I'm guessing, like, you know. Oh, yeah. The, sh- the cooking ones, singing ones. America's Got Talent. Yeah, those are basically the two. The dancing ones. All of that stuff. Yeah. That's for young people, I understand. And then I don't know, the rest of it, I don't know who that's for. There are a couple of shows left, like Big Bang Theory and Young Sheldon and Chicago PD. I like those shows. But that's... And Blue Bloods, too. I like Blue Bloods. Oh, I love Blue Bloods. But that's about it. Four shows. But that's see, what I usually got. what I do is I wait until the season's over, and then I can binge watch the yeah. whole season. Well, there you go. Then to sit there and wait week out, because I just... No, I know can't schedule my life around watching television i'm just too busy with six kids in the house i understand we'll be back right after this tom bernard show it's tom telling you how easy it's been to lose weight at Nutramost twin cities in plymouth with their weight loss plan i'm down 77 pounds and in a couple of weeks i'll do one more round to shed the rest of my unwanted pounds find out how to have success losing weight like i did by attending the Nutramost twin cities in plymouth free informational dinner It's on Monday, July 23rd at 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. I'll see you there. That extra baggage melts away really fast, and one of the best parts is it's just so easy. I am never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has educated me on clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods, too. That's important. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth Dinner on July 23rd. Just call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. If you are a homeowner, you do not want to miss this free event. We are hosting a free seller workshop where we are going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. Plus, we are going to share our proven systems that will instantly put the control back in your corner. Guarantee yourself the results you deserve when it comes time to sell your house. Our exclusive workshop will be sold out shortly, so call now to secure your free ticket by calling 763-401-SOLD or by visiting sellerworkshop.com. This free seller workshop will be held the week of August 6th. The last workshop sold out very fast, so hurry and call Chris Lindahl Real Estate today to save your free ticket. So call now, 763-401-SOLD. 
or visit sellerworkshop.com for times, locations, and to secure your free ticket. Okay, you know how it works. Uh, I don't promote people that aren't the real deal or don't do the right thing. This is not a bare bones situation at all. And the best part is it's free. I will never get sick of this song, ever. What is it, 50 years old now? Got it. Yeah, I can see it. 53 years old. I think it was 65, wasn't it? 65 or why 67? Maybe 67. That's a possibility. Let's see. It is from 65. Yeah, there you go. 65, okay. Was it from Out of Our Heads, isn't it? Um, The album. Spider in the... Oh, uh, in the U.S., it was the B-side of the under-assistant West Coast promotion, man. Oh, yeah. With my see-a-sucker suit. (laughs) That was wonderful. But in the UK, it was on the B side of the spider and the fly. See, there you go. Because I my 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 said the spider to the fly. Yeah, we got all that. I remember mm-hmm. all that stuff. There's a reason they call them a monster-in-law. Sometimes, no matter what you do, you'll never be good enough for your parents' partner. Uh, your par- partner's parents, excuse me. You can be the best husband and wife in the world, but that won't stop them criticizing every little thing that you do. I suppose that's true. I suppose that's probably really true. One wife found out the hard way that her, uh, what her husband's family really thought of her after discovering a string of cruel messages which accused her of spoiling the last holiday by suffering epileptic fits. Oh, oh my God. Well, i got to criticize her roundly for having an epileptic fit. She's trying to steal all the attention. Yeah, stealing attention. The woman was abroad with her husband, five-year-old son, and mother-in-law at the time. Uh, she revealed all in an anonymous post online on holiday with the in-laws. I have no signal on my phone, so I borrowed my mother-in-law's phone to ring my mum as it's her birthday, she wrote. As she was about to make a call, a message from her sister-in-law popped up. It said, I am glad the stupid bitch is not spoiling it this year for you all. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. You're a stupid bitch. You got epilepsy. Yeah, no kidding. What the hell? Wanting to know what the message was all about, uh, the woman decided to check more of the texts, which, yeah, makes sense if they're going after you, only to find horrid things, she continued. So wanting to know what this was all about, I did check my mother-in-law's messages, only to find many messages saying, thank God the fits have stayed away this year, and the lazy cow was pulling her weight this year. Oh, my God. (laughs) Then messages back saying "It's, it's his fault he knew when he married her, she had them, and don't know how she he puts up with her. The woman who posts on Mum's Net as Raspberry Beret, the kind you find. That's her name. Raspberry Beret, the kind you find. <laughs> That's good. Stupid name. Then went on to explain the backstory of their previous holiday, which I'm sure is really nice. Last year we went away and I had quite a few seizures. I am epileptic. And for two days I was completely floored and was told by my husband to either sleep inside or just stay on the sunbed. After finding the messages, the woman was understandably left feeling hurt and unsure of what to do next. If I, if the message had not popped up, I would never check the phone. I don't know what to do. I felt so guilty last year, and my mother-in-law and father-in-law kept saying it's okay. I don't know if I should say something now, tell my husband, wait until we get home, or just leave it. Other moms were quick to call out the mother-in-law and sister-in-law. Yeah, I would imagine I'd call them out the uh, mother-in-law and sister-in-law. One said, what a pair of witches. So this is really going smoothly. Sounds like it's really going smooth. Another commented, I would absolutely tell your husband and see what he wants to do about it. I wouldn't be going on holiday with them again. A third added, if my mom did uh, that to my spouse, I would be packing up and leaving, making it very clear that their cruelty and rudeness has ruined this holiday. However, others thought the woman was in the wrong for snooping. She didn't snoop, though it popped up. Mm-hmm. So she well, wasn't yeah, she looking. To see. <clears throat> well, eventually she did. Yeah. You should not have checked your phone regardless. I think it will be, uh, I will be in the minority here, but I believe we are all entitled to our own private thoughts, said one user. You ridicule someone for having epilepsy. Okay. Oh, they make a special Mother's Day card for moms like that and mother-in-laws. First of That's all. horrible. Going on a holiday with my in-laws or Catherine with her in-laws, not going to happen. Yeah. It never. I would not do that. It's just... <laughs> I have why, no why, 
why isn't the her husband sticking up for his wife? Yeah, I mean, what kind of coward is this guy? I, oh, you know, don't get so upset. Well, um, I think he's probably a mama's boy, and mama can do no wrong. Yeah, probably true. Mm-hmm. But I, again, I'm going to marry a woman who has epilepsy. You can either deal with it or just stay the hell away from us. Exactly. You know, I love the woman. Uh, we're, we're getting married, and uh, that's just how it is. So if you really have a problem with this, then you need to get your head out of your butt. And yeah, she's probably one of those moms that no woman is going to be good enough for her son. Mm, yeah, probably true. That's probably what yeah, her mindset is. You're probably you're right about that. Nobody's good enough for my kid. and Except for Toots never believed that. It's like, God, you got lucky there. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Mom. That's great. That's really wonderful. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, here we go. I knew this would come up sooner or later, so we may as well handle it now. Even if Roseanne Barr hadn't posted that nuclear tweet, let's be real, Roseanne wasn't getting an Emmy nomination for Best Comedy. It's how it's always been and how it shall remain. Laurie Metcalf was the sole Roseanne nominee in the major categories for Best Supporting Actress. The show was also nominated for a Creative Arts Emmy for editing in its original 1980, uh, 1998... Okay, it says here, in its original run... Uh, 1998 to 1996. Mm. I think they mean 88 to 96. Yeah, it started in 88. Sure, yeah. It's 98 to 96. We went back in time with our We went negative two years. Yeah, we went negative two years. Roseanne did win four Emmys, but those were all awarded for acting accolades, not writing or overall categories. Back in the day, the Television Academy overlooked Roseanne in favor of snootier shows like Murphy Brown and Frasier. I don't know they were snootier. Frasier wasn't really. No, and Murphy Brown was a good show, too. I don't know anything about Murphy Brown. That was good. It was really good, as a matter of fact. Um, Which felt like proof to its creator and viewers that Hollywood would forever dismiss real Americans for coastal elites. That's part of why Roseanne, the whole point of Frasier being a coastal elite, was that he was a coastal elite. Yeah. That was the whole point. I don't really, I don't understand this at all. That's part of why Roseanne, with its dingy couch and unflinching looks at world working class struggles, uh, felt like a revolution with impactful episodes like White Men Can't Kiss, in which DJ Michael Fishman wouldn't kiss a black girl, or Crime and Punishment, when Dan kicked Fisher's Matt, Matt Ross ass for abusing Jackie, Lori Metcalf. Roseanne, frankly, deserved some nominations in its first run. Roseanne's equity is what led uh, Whitney Cummings, as a matter of fact. You know, I, I like Whitney Cummings, but sometimes she's annoying. Roseanne's equity is what led Whitney Cummings, producer of Roseanne's 2.0, to take the job. She told TV Guy that she hoped that a compassionate portrait of the Connor family would help viewers see our shared commonalities instead of our differences. Yeah, well, good luck to you getting anybody to see your commonalities rather than your differences. Because we are so focused on one another's differences right now, it's nauseating. Yeah. I'm better than you no matter what happened. And again, I see that's why early Chloe Howard's you know her whole story, not just little bits of it, but uh, I have to prove that I'm better than you because you have a club foot. Really? It that's you have that bad a self-image that you have to prove to yourself what a great person you are by pointing out someone else's club foot. Yeah. I, I just don't I, I'll <laughs> never understand that. I will never understand that kind of thinking as long as I live. But I don't think anybody can. Um, they're going to bring Roseanne back, right? It's just not going to have Roseanne Yeah, it's it. going to be called The Connors, and it's going to be a basically Darlene, Sarah Gilbert's character, is going to be stepping in the role of uh, Roseanne being the main character. I don't know what they're going to do with Dan Connor, yeah, John Goodman's character. I'm assuming, like I said, I think what they're going to do is the whole premise of the show at the very end is that Roseanne needed knee surgery and she was scared to have it. They couldn't afford it. Right. And Dan and she was popping pills. So Dan says, I'm going to find a way to get you your knee surgery. And I'm assuming she's probably not going to survive it. And they're just going to kill her off. So they're going to just kill her off by I'm having thinking knee that's surgery? What's gonna ha- yep, I think that's what's going to happen. Or maybe she accidentally overdosed on pills or something. Oh, yeah, maybe. That could be it. Yeah, maybe. That way we can have kind of a PCA or, you know, public service announcement type episode about drug abuse. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. I I just, 
I just don't understand what the hell she was doing in the first place. I don't understand any of this. I will never understand any of this. Uh, but I don't know. Whatever. Oh, so uh, what's her name? Daniels. What the hell's her first name? What? Tiffany Stormy? Daniels. Stormy, Stormy Daniels. Yeah. There it is. Tiffany Daniels. I just made up a stripper name. <laughs> yeah, charges against Stormy Daniels dropped hours after her arrest. Why was she arrested? Columbus, Ohio, charges were dropped Thursday against Thursday, today, against porn actress Stormy Daniels just hours after she was arrested while performing at an Ohio strip club and charged with letting patrons touch her in violation of state law. You want to touch a stripper. Mm. Yeah. But it's illegal for them, allowing them to touch them? Yes. Is that? Okay. I think that's right. Her attorney said she was set up in a Columbus police sting operation, something police deny. Charging documents say Daniels, who reals, uh, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, was arrested for touching a patron at a sexually oriented business in violation of the law commonly known as the Community Defense Act. Oh, so she touched them. Yeah, apparently she mm. touched them. The document said that Daniels, who uh, was semi-nude, allegedly touched some of the patron's breasts and allowed them to touch her. She allegedly performed the same act with several officers who approached the stage and forced one officer's head into her bare chest. She was released on bail before 6 a.m. today. Daniels posted $6,000. You know what amazes me about that? The Stormy Daniels is a very attractive woman. Mm-hmm. Why? Is it because of your upbringing, because dad, because yeah. of daddy? And oh, all I'm sure it? she has all the daddy issues. Well, what I don't get, though, is... This whole thing with Donald Trump, that mm-hmm. he sexually assaulted her, touched her without permission. Yet. Right. Yep, so there it is. Parents that, divorced when she was three. There you go. Does that make her claims against him invalid then? Because basically she's doing what she's accusing Trump of doing. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's so, like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All these dirt bags. You know, I know. All of them. Donald Trump and everybody on the left and everybody on the right. You're all disgusting. I just like to point that out. <laughs> you think that's too broad a brush? No, they're very no. disgusting. I don't know. I just I don't why people want to focus on how different we are and how better how much better I am than you are. Are we ever gonna get over that I'm better than you and therefore I hate you. People are but, insecure by nature, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean it's gotten worse instead of but you think it would have gotten better, but it's gotten worse to Well tell no, you the because truth. it's a competition on social media. People yeah, are that's always right. trying to outdo the other person to make themselves feel better. And it's just <laughs> tearing society apart. Yeah, it is. Kind of defeats is. the whole purpose of it. Um <laughs> I love this. The headline says Trump tweets very nice note he says he got from Kim Jong-un. Wouldn't it be pretty easy to prove where he got it? You'd think. I don't know how, how tough it would be. Tony Harris is on the line. Tony's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Tony, we're going we're gonna to come on for a couple of minutes, then we take a break in a couple of minutes for just two minutes, and then we'll have an entire 15 minutes. But, Tony, welcome to the show. How are you? Tom, how are you, bro? Great to be with you. It's nice to be to have you on the show again. Nice to be here with you. you know, pleasure, man. Nice pleasure. to be here with you as well. The scene of the crime with Tony Harris. Ooh, investigation discovery. I like it. It's uh, available. Um, you can binge watch it at this point, right? Yeah, if you yeah, yeah. go on investigativediscovery.com. And investigation discovery. Investigation. I don't know why I keep saying it. Yet. Yeah, investigation. Discovery.com. You can catch up on all the episodes of On the Scene. Mm. I love uh, the show. I love Investigation Discovery. It, it's, you know, we were talking about this the other day, Tony, and probably when we get yeah. to get through that two-minute break and come back for the 15-minute 15, sure. 15 segment. But I want you to think about this. Uh, sure. I've been talking to people who've written stories about serial killers, books about serial killers. I've watched Investigation Discovery. A lot of it is about, uh, you know, murders, scene of the crime with Tony Harris, obviously your show. Right. Right. Do you think you've witnessed or, or been around crime as a little kid and you're trying to explain it to yourself by, by delving so deeply? Because I think that might be true with me. That some bizarre things happen, some major crimes happen. Therefore, I can't get enough of crime stories. Wow, that's an interesting question. Do you want me to take it on now or after the break? Why don't we take a break right here? Okay, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Scene of the Crime with Tony Harris is on Investigation Discovery. 
Now, so you can catch up. All you have to do is go to investigationdiscovery.com. You can catch up on all the episodes. And uh, you're coming back next year, I'm hoping, Tony, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel good about it. Yeah, we've had a great season. You really have. Well, tell them I said to get it done. That's all I'm saying. Okay, you got it. All right. We will be right back. <laughs> in a, <laughs> we'll be right back in a couple of minutes with Tony Harris, Tom Bernard Show. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I've been here over a year now. It's going great. That's right. Most everything I do at Priority Courier Experts is local same-day deliveries. Home for dinner every night. I was just looking for something different. I kept seeing those trucks everywhere, so I gave them a call. Yep, Minnesota's largest same-day delivery company with 500 professional drivers working for customers every day. We are busy. It sure is a lot of vehicles. I guess 21 years as Minnesota's proven same-day leader provides a lot of opportunity for drivers like me. And the more I drive, the more I make. Go figure. Transportation is a rock-solid career choice. Freight moves the world. Always has and always will. Priority is hands down the best move I ever made. Great hours, great pay, and great life. I just called 651-748-4477. They can answer all your questions right over the phone. Getting started is easy. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Is that your investigation discovery uh, theme music from The Who? Well, yeah, they used this as a, one of the theme songs for one of the CSIs. Yeah, they uh, did. I can't remember yeah, which one. Is it? Was it CSI New York? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember. Well, that's Tony Harris. Maybe Tony Harris will know. Tony, <laughs> i got to tell you, my life is so interesting, and I'll tell you why. Because the chief right. engineer on this show is my son, Andrew. Okay? Right. So he just asked me. Now, is this Tony Harris, the one that's on the scene of the crime with Tony Harris, or is he a Tony Harris that killed someone? <laughs> yeah, there's a Tony Harris that bears a passing resemblance to you out there who killed someone last year. So watch out for that. Yeah. Tell him it's the one who has the television show and a, and a fairly decent career going. <laughs> Honest to God, there's another Tony Harris last year that killed someone, and now he's in prison. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And Andy goes, which one is this? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Right. Well, I mean, I knew which one it was. <laughs> but... Guys, you ever Google your name and, and find out uh, oh, if yeah. there's someone who has done something particularly heinous who shares your name? And there's a, there's another Tony Harris who was a basketball player. And, oh, yeah. And he, he was he was killed or involved in something crazy in South America somewhere. And, and there are moments when, when I will get a random note or something and say, hey, you, you, you made it. I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead, yeah. I I tell you, honestly, God, Tony, this is a true story. When all this stuff, you know, going back and searching for your roots and your ancestors and all the rest of it, when that became popular, it lasted for me one day because I went back and and did some research. There was one other Tom Barnard in our family, and he got deported. (laughs) Oh, damn. (laughs) So your Tony Harris killed somebody and my Tom Bernard got deported. So it all works out in the end, you know. and, and for me, I, I can't even do one. I want to do one of those, you know, let's let's find out who's in your family tree. But I, I'm, I'm so conditioned now. I only do real investigations if I'm getting a check for it. So, I, you know, there's probably a really good story tied to my, my family genealogy. But I won't find out unless there's a check. Yeah, unless you pay me for it, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to pay me yeah. for it, I'll investigate it. There you go. Tony, it's got to be a great job doing what you do, don't you think? So I've been I've been thinking about your question and it's um, it's interesting I I don't have a story where you know there's something horrendous that happened in my family or there's some crazy legacy of crime or anything but I grew up in Baltimore so you know well there's a little crime I'm, in Baltimore yeah a little crime in Baltimore <laughs> there's a, there's an issue there of crime in Baltimore City but uh, I, I've got to tell you I mean I've been doing this for uh, over 30 years now and you know as a reporter in, in local markets and that's sort of you cover a lot of crime and. I suppose for me, um, the lore of this work is, has been just the ability to, to tell great long-form stories. I, I, I had no idea when I started with 
IB. I knew it was a popular channel, but I didn't know it was this rocket ship. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and so for me, it was an opportunity to transition off an anchor desk. I was, I was a, a bit bored, to say the least, with doing that kind of work, and particularly, you know, the course and direction of cable news now, which is all sort of panel discussions and, and that sort of thing, and, and less about real reporting. So... You know, for me, it was an opportunity to, to get off the desk and get into the field and, and tell real stories again. And, and you know, it, it's sad but true. Some of the most compelling stories are, are stories of crime and, you know, victimhood and, and victimization and, and that sort of thing. And I really shouldn't say victimhood because I got to tell you that the people that we, we talk to, they may have been victimized, but I mean, they're strong. They're not victims. So, I mean, that's been a wonderful a departure from my career and in the right direction for me, which is let me get as many opportunities as I can to do some, some journalism and tell some long form stories. And, you know, I get an hour a week to do that in the hottest genre on on television right now. So I I feel blessed really. Are there police officers, investigators in in your family history or is this something? No, something. I've got a couple of friends who've worked. Yeah. I've got some friends who've worked in the space. So one of my closest friends is, you know, retired now from, from law enforcement. Uh, but no, it, it, it's, there's, there's no pedigree in it in my family for me to be doing this, this particular kind of work. And there was no one in my family who, you know, thought, Hey, I'm going to be a broadcaster. So and yeah. at least in those areas I've, I've sort of broken through. And, uh, but I, I was turned on to this business as a kid. I mean, I was a Johnny Carson kid and that sort of thing. And, oh, I love Johnny Carson. Yeah, yeah. So I was one of those kids, and 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 found a way in. You know, I don't know how, but I found a way in, kicking and screaming, and and uh, and and I've just been really fortunate to to be able to keep it going all these years. And Tony, I tell you, for for me, the reason I love your show, Investigation Discovery, and 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 mm-hmm. crime shows, three of my uncles were murdered when I was a kid. So trying right. to trying to look for reasons that that happened as I suppose right. what drove me to, to, and I love the shows. It's fascinating to see. Yeah. It's fascinating to me, Tony, to see why people think it's okay to commit crimes. First of all, I don't get that. Right. Right. Well, yeah, it, it's a question that we're confronted with every, every week and every, every episode. What has gone so wrong in your life that you think that this is the option? Right. Right. And, right. You know, what's gone wrong in your personal life and what's gone wrong in your professional life that you somehow feel that taking the life of someone else is a, is a viable option, right? Whether it's to get insurance money, whether it's to get exact some bit of revenge because you feel like you've been wronged in some way, shape, or form. I mean, we, we know that that's never the acceptable uh, option, and yet people, I am amazed in, in doing this work now. You know, I did four hours or so of, of hate in America and you know, this is the second season. So we've got what, 12 episodes of seeing the crime. And I'm, I'm amazed at, um, at how people allow themselves to be taken down rabbit holes man. and, and they make one bad mistake and then they compound that with a series of bad mistakes, one after the other. And at some point they can't get out. And somehow or another, they, they, they make the, the next fatal mistake. And, and now, you know, they're behind bars or they're dead or whatever else for the rest of their lives. And so, yeah, I, I'm amazed by it and, and why people feel, why they make the mistakes and how they get to a place where they make the mistakes that they make that send them down these disastrous rabbit holes. And, you know, and, and hopefully what we do with the show is we, you know, we give folks a bit of an insight as to maybe some of the mistakes to avoid. Yeah, that'd <laughs> to be good. Avoid. That'd be good, yes. Uh, hopefully we do that. I love this from from the bio on the show. His composed and calculated approach allows Harris to peel back the layers on what motivates some of our nation's most horrific acts of violence. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You do peel back. Why do people do these horrible things? Uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, that's a great question. It is a fascinating. It's a great question. So uh, I, I've, I've tried to, and you know, that kind of speaks to what I hope is part of the appeal of the show is to try to get as immersive as I can and, and take our time with these interviews with the detectives who do these, uh, this amazing work. Um, you know, we're the, I think Kenda says it best, Joe Kenda says it best, that, you know, we're the animals, animals kill, you know, out of need, out of hunger, right? Or survival, right? right? We kill because we've had a really bad day. Right, that's a nice way to put it. That's Kenda. That's Kenda. You know, we we will we we will out of out of, we wake up on the wrong side of the bed. We 
you know, we, we've been hurt by or jilted by a lover or something. And, and, you know, the answer is to kill for a lot of people. So um, it is, it's always been fascinating the, the extent that we can be just so inhuman and cruel to other people. And that's part of the fascination, I think, for people who, you know, are really uh, addicted to these programs. And, and um, I mean, it's a genre that continues to grow. There was a, a piece in a blog this week that, you know, it was really kind. They, they lumped us in with among the shows that get it mostly right in the genre. There are plenty of shows that don't get it right. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on a channel that really gets it right more often than it doesn't. Um, and and part of my approach is really just to sort of take my time and try to get at that because that's a question that everyone has. Everyone has a question. Uh, how is it that people are able to do these horrific things um, and, yes. and think they can get away with it because detectives are so good? Um, and then the other question I get all the time is, why are women so attracted to true crime? I mean, it's, it's, I love that you uh, are a fan of these shows, and, and I know that there are a lot of men who, who are, but our audience, as you know, is by and large women, and, and yeah, they are just yeah. completely taken fascinated by this content and, and watch us in numbers that are ridiculous right now, ridiculous. I do talk to, to a lot of authors on the show, and, and some of those authors, of course, have written books about major crime, why it happens. Yeah. We talked to an author last week, and I thought it was, or wasn't that, was it earlier this week? We were talking about, um, in his opinion, after all the research he's done his entire life, he thinks that we all, when we're born, are murderers, and we have to work hard to move away from that. So we're not going into start, it. We start there? That's is, what is, he is thinks. That what that that we that's, start there? That's what he thinks, that we're just, you know, kind of dangerous animals. I think people are basically born as chimpanzees and have to be taught otherwise. Yeah. And chimpanzees, right. which we came from, are very violent animals. So it's kind of like a basic instinct that we're born with yeah. to yeah. survive. It's well, a kind of a any survival. Any animals like that, a cat, a feral cat or a feral dog, you know, they're a lot right. different than the kind that you but, raise. But, but do you agree with, I mean, again, I'll go back to Kendra. Do you agree that, that that animals essentially kill to eat or to defend themselves? They don't, mm-hmm. they don't set out to kill for random reasons, right? Well, cats do. I mean, an, an, an animal doesn't <laughs> kill because they, they want their mate's insurance check. Yeah, right. I mean, come on, right? right? Well, I guess, I guess so if I you have... Right. I don't know how to dance with that, right? You know. Well, I guess if you have, yeah. If you're raised as a child and you're in a horrible environment, whether you're uh, abused as a child, uh, been around crime your whole life, you um, inherit that survival instinct. So you're always on the defense. Is there a predisposition, right? Mm -hmm. Is there a predisposition to violence if if all you've known around you is violence? I I, I get that, but unfortunately not. That's not the that's not the case for the vast majority of us, right? Mm-hmm. No, not not the vast majority. So it's but... a nature. So that that kind of speaks to a kind of nature nurture argument. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, I mean, most hmm. people that commit murders and everything, usually their background, uh, you know, childhood growing up, they're in those environments of abuse, uh, drugs, or at violence, least neglect. Yeah. A neglect. Yeah. yeah. And so I just, I no, no, think no, it's no a learned. That. I mean, that, that's, that's been my experience too. in, in, yeah. in covering a lot of these stories that these are people who have come from backgrounds that are difficult, very difficult. But, but again, I, I don't use that as an excuse to explain away kind of some of the violence that I've seen. My God. Some of the oh, stuff yeah. Is oh. oh yeah. Some of the stuff is very, and, and there are plenty of people that you know, that I know that we all know who have come from some, some pretty tough backgrounds who don't resort to violence as, as a means to, you know, to, to settle scores or to, to get ahead in life, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. look at it as an excuse. I look at it as an explanation, yeah. I guess. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. It's that a good discussion, sense. though, right? It is a great discussion, and that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I watch Scene of the Crime with Tony Harris on Investigation Discovery because right. it it stimulates your brain. Well, it, to give you an example, Tony, uh, what what I witnessed as a young boy, because there were a lot of people murdered in my neighborhood, a lot of people killing one another, but the one that really stuck out, I went to high school with a couple of guys, and they were on the Broadway Bridge over the Mississippi River uh, right in Minneapolis, between North and Northeast Minneapolis, and they got into an argument, and one of them hit the other one, and his head hit the the steel piping on the bridge, and so the the guy who hit him thought he killed him, so he picked him up and threw him in the Mississippi River, Oh, Jesus. Well, it turns out that he wasn't dead. 
he drowned because he threw him in the river while he was still alive. So that guy went to prison. So that went from uh, manslaughter to murder. To then. murder, yeah. So that guy went to well, prison. Well, that would have started as simple assault, right? That would have, yeah, that would have yep, started as yep. simple assault, but, mm-hmm. you know, right. Turned right, into right. murder. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So right. the next time I saw that guy, the guy who had committed the murder, this is a true story. The next time I saw him was several years later. He was riding a bicycle down the street, stark naked. Hmm. <laughs> like, right. Where does this behavior right. come from? What is this? The human but, brain is very easy to break. I guess. I feel like. I guess. Yeah. It's it's so complex. You know, it's like a machine with ten thousand cogs. You know, if one of those cogs break, there's a. But I think that's a really good question, and, and you're you're right. Uh, the human brain is complex, and we're still trying to figure it out. Right, all these years later, we're still trying to figure out the human mm-hmm. brain and the way we think. But uh, I I think that's such such an important question, and 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 I think if you talk to behavioral scientists, you know maybe you get some consensus points, but I think you would get varied opinions all over the place across yeah. the spectrum on that. But I, I think it's. A, Look, now, I think it's a, a great question for for me to keep asking in this show. I know it's a question that the people who watch these shows want answers to. I think a lot of people want to sort of simplistically think of it as just sort of base responses, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and um, I think on some level that's probably true as well as one of the points of data in that spectrum. I think it's an important question keep asking and I've done ID con a couple of years now in New York I started, you know, everybody's got a con, con comic con or mm-hmm. so right. we've got a con ID con and we've got you know these ravenous fans who come to this event every year in New York and and that is Tommy again you've asked a great question because it's one of the questions that the people who come to this event ask uh, the detectives and and, and certainly the journalists uh, on on ID right now so you know I'll keep asking it uh, I love that there's no consensus I love it. Scene of the Crime with Tony Harris on Investigation Discovery. You can catch up on all episodes of Scene of the Crime with Tony Harris on InvestigationDiscovery.com. Great, great conversation. Great show, Tony. I'm a big fan. I appreciate yeah, that's you. Good talk- stuff. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that was really good stuff. I, you know, uh, have me back anytime. I, I, I love that conversation. And look, we can, we can talk about crime. We can talk about the world. It's, um, <laughs> you know, I, I love conversations like this. I, you. it, you're, you're very kind, and I absolutely will reach out to you again. I appreciate your time. Uh, Pleasure. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Tony Harris. We'll be right back uh, in just a few minutes with Hour 3, Tom Bernard Show.